as she would soon be dead in any event. She wanted to go out in a blaze of glory. One of the only two human weaknesses she had ever truly revealed, and I, as a writer, was a means to that end. It was a tantalising thought that, had I come upon her even forty years earlier, she might have seduced me as well. But then she would surely have disposed of me afterwards, as she'd always disposed of any man or woman who came too close to the true Anna Fairbach, Countess von Widerstand, the Honourable Mrs. Ballantyne Boardman. So instead of being her lover, I'd become her confidant. This was perhaps even more compelling, as she was allowing me to look into the soul of the most remarkable woman I'd ever met, and perhaps had ever existed. And was I also her friend? I dearly wanted to feel that I was, and bathed in her smile as she handed me a glass of champagne from the bottle waiting in its ice bucket on the table beside her, placed there by her ever-attentive Spanish maid, Encarna, a woman who almost equally fascinated me, not because she was the least attractive when compared with her mistress, but because I had to wonder just how much she knew about that mistress. It is good to see you again. Anna said, speaking English with the still discernible brogue she'd inherited from her Irish mother. Her voice was low and husky. I could not imagine it ever rising in anger or fear or pain, although, from what she already had told me, I knew it must have done so, for each reason, often enough in the past. This aspect of her was no less fascinating than everything else about her. She was a tall woman only an inch under six feet in height, and remained slender. I had never seen her legs, as nowadays she always wore trousers, but they were obviously long, and from the bare ankles and feet thrust into her sandals, I could not doubt that they were as perfectly formed as the rest of her, while the gentle swell of her shirt was sufficient to remind one of the formidable sexual weapons she had once possessed, and used to such dramatic effect. And yet, all was secondary to her face, exposed as her once waist-length golden hair was now quite white and short. But the flawless bone structure, slightly aquiline in shape, remained unchanged, even if the skin was perhaps drawing a little tight. Her jewellery, which she had not changed since our first meeting, fitted perfectly into the aura she created. Her earrings were tiny gold bars, dangling from gold clips. The gold crucifix resting on her bodice was a reminder of her Roman Catholic youth, the huge ruby solitaire on the first finger of her left hand, an indication of her wealth, and the man's gold Rolex on her left wrist, a warning not necessarily to expect any feminine weaknesses. She had told me that the secret of her success, her survival, had been the ability to think and act more quickly than the average person. This jewellery was the other discernible weakness in her character. It had never actually been legally hers, but had been given to her by her Nazi masters more than sixty years ago, to enhance the image they wanted her to project, that of a fabulously wealthy aristocrat. I think she took great pleasure in the knowledge that the Nazis had disappeared while she was still around, and still had the jewellery. Now she smiled, 
have you formed a judgment about me yet? I drank champagne. I do not know enough about you to arrive at a judgment. She made an entrancing moo. I thought I had told you everything you wished to know. You have told me of the beginning. But you were just twenty-one when you left Moscow and returned to Germany, I reminded her. And the previous three years had been a little crowded. That is one way of putting it. Well, let's see. Your entire family was arrested in Vienna in March 1938 because your father was an anti-Nazi newspaper editor. You all should have gone to a concentration camp, but the arresting officer realized that he had got hold of something special in you, not only because of your looks, but because you had an IQ of 173, were head girl of your convent, and a top athlete. His name was Halbrun.